So as I mentioned, we're closing out this year. It's no surprise. Hopefully it's not a surprise to you that we're closing out a year. It's New Year's Eve, although there were some this morning that weren't sure what day it was today. They were, they were glad to just be here on a Sunday. But um, one of the things that, uh, that comes up, it shows up uh, this time of year. It's a fitting time. It shows up on like my social media feeds. Is this, this reminder of, and I looked up to it, it actually seems to have some legitimacy. Um, but on New Year's Eve, there's this old Irish tradition uh, where you open your door at midnight and let the old year out and the new year in. Now, sounds like an uh, interesting tradition, but what always shows up in, is this added thing in the form of, you know, memes or just the way people post things is um, there's this added caveat that this year, this is the year that I think that um, usually gets added that we, we need to not open just the doors, but open the windows and the garage doors and everything just needs to get open. We need to let everything out from this year. And it seems to show up every year. Like every year just is this like special year where we just need to get everything out. Um, all the, all, all the, the bad things, the bad vibes, whatever it is. And, and that's just a reality for us as we, as we close out the year. We have long, as, as the civilizations people had this, this excitement, this, this feeling of something um, different that comes with new, a new year. A new beginning. A new year means new opportunities, new, new things for us to pursue, new, new dreams to make, whether it's as an individual or, or as a family or with friends. We make plans. We make resolutions. We make new commitments. And these are all certainly good things. Goals are, are good and, and resolutions are good. Goals are virtuous. We can find multiple examples of this throughout the scriptures, the importance of, of goals and planning. These goals and aspirations are, are wonderful things. And, and all of us have things that, that we could be doing better. Am I right? There's always things that we could be improving. Habits that we know we should kick, ways that we should improve ourselves, obvious steps to a, a happier and a healthier life for ourselves and for all those that are in our lives. More exercise, less TV and less screen time, more sleep, more time with family, uh, maybe more time away with family, Wh whatever it is for you. And maybe you are already thinking through some of those things. Or, or maybe you have someone, a friend or a spouse who's asking if you, um, if you have resolutions. My, my wife is the person that does that. Like, what are your goals this year? Um, and mine's like to keep my kids alive. Like, um, that's, that's, that's about as far as I get. But, um, but, but, but I really do appreciate the, the, the really thinking through, and it's something that we, that we do together. What are some things that we want to, to focus on? What are some things that we just, just bad habits we got into that we need to kind of correct and, and rectify? And, and, and all these things, many of these things that we do, um, these things that we focus on, these are things which do, in fact, lead to a happier and healthier life. But I've, I've often found it a bit uncomfortable with how quickly this mind shift, this, this, this shift happens right on the heels of Christmas. Uh, you know, I... I was in the store the other day, and, and, and this is fine. This happens every season. We have, we've already got Christmas stuff out because it's over, and we've got, uh, uh, excuse me, Valentine's Day things already up in, in the aisles. Christmas trees are, are on the curbside, um, and we make this shift pretty quickly. But even for us as Christians in the church, I find I'm a, a bit uncomfortable to shift 
from this, this focus on Christmas, what happens at Christmas, and then this, um, this entering into a new year and, and, and the goals and the aspirations that we have. And I have us consider maybe perhaps we're making this shift too quickly, shifting away from, from one of the central messages of Christmas. You know, we spent weeks preparing for Christmas. Uh, the season of Advent, we focus on the need of a Savior and, and, and spending time recognizing, so Jesus comes, well, well let's, let's, let's focus on why. Let's focus on what that means for us and, and the reason that God became incarnate. Takes on flesh because we, we're, we're dead in our sins. We, we acknowledge that each and every week, and, and we especially up, lift that up in the season of Christmas. And we recognize that every human power and every human driven project to, to fix the world or to, to fix humanity has more or less failed. That, that the self justification projects that, that we take on ourselves continu- continuously fail. That on our own, we, 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 we don't live up to our own expectations, much less that of, of a God that we, that we trust. And we know to set a standard for us, a life that he calls us to. And, and all of our projects do that on our own, by our own strength, fail. And so this season, we, we acknowledge our brokenness. We, we reflect on our deep need and our, our dependency for God to, to show up and fix the problem and, and praise God that he does. We've prepared ourselves to receive this gift of a Savior by recognizing our very need for the gift itself. And just when that's over, we quickly turn to our, to our self-improvement projects uh, of trying harder, achieving goals, setting expectations, committing to, to programs, subscriptions, and plans. All very good things, but we do it so quickly. And the problem isn't specifically with our goals in and of themselves. The problem is not our resolutions. Per usual, the, the issue lies within ourselves, within the human heart, which seeks to use any human accomplishment as a means to, to justify ourselves, to, to pursue righteousness. And this isn't just a Christian thing. Even as our, as our society, as our culture, particularly in the West, moves towards secularization, the drive and desire for righteousness and, and to feel justified has not gone down in any way. It's just directed into different practices pursued into different things. All of us are finding this, this need and have this drive and this desire, this obsession to, to feel justified. Maybe it's not towards God, but it's towards, towards, our, towards ourselves and towards one another. And so we take on all of these projects that seek to do that. Our human nature, even if we hear the message and, and know that in, in the freedom that we have to to, to seek to love our neighbor well, we will still find ways to, to make it about our own human project. Our human project of, of self-justification. And so as we look ahead to 2024, we, we see endless potential. There, there's so many opportunities that might be before you in this new year. And, and this starting of a new year, the excitement that comes with it, the, the, the expectation, the optimism comes with it. No other time do we pull up on our bootstraps any, any harder and tug any tighter than we do on 
January 1st. Although I argue actually not January 1st, January 2nd, because we kind of take January 1st off. But, but we, we hit the gym on January 2nd, right? And it's by our determination, our strength, our sweat, and our tears, we will achieve and we, we strive to succeed. And, and all this must reach deep down within ourselves to make it happen. And, and no one says it like this or as such, but there's ways in which we do that. The time, the energy, and passion that we use to, that we seek to fulfill our dreams. And, and there's that crushing feeling of, of guilt that can come upon us when we fail yet again. Or how much of our lives are wrapped up in our sense of identity, the way that is um, our, set, our identity and self-worth is, is is controlled or wavers based on our performance, whether we succeed or we fail, be it as a parent, a child, a, an employee, or a boss, as a, as a citizen, or as a neighbor. There's ways in which it can and does consume us. And even those of us that trust and believe the message of Christmas are not necessarily immune to it, although we do have some incredible truths to guard us against that to guard us against our identities getting wrapped up in our pursuits, these good things that we should pursue. And so this brief two-week series is just to help us reflect on that. Less about making, looking ahead into the new year as, as you do go about making your plans and your resolutions, but to spend time as the church and in God's Word to, to focus less about the plans and to see how a year might be successful in, and not about making plans and being successful in that way, but, but to hold on to it and to embrace some old truths. That as we put away some old things this year and embrace some, some new things ahead, that there's actually some old, timeless, eternal things that we would continue to embrace. And to believe that as Christians, that there's, there's these resolutions that God makes for you, that He makes to you and about you. These are the kinds of truths that will sustain you and guide you with, with no matter what happens in the year ahead. And if Advent and Christmas prepared us for the coming of Jesus by reminding us of our deep need for, for a Savior and our dependency on God to, to save us in our powerlessness and our weakness, I think we might ha- see how these truths and consider how these truths might carry us into and through this next year. And so this first of two truths for us to embrace. Consider this. Rather than giving into our tendency that I've kind of highlighted briefly here, a tendency to assume that, that we can achieve things. There's a tendency to believe that we are strong, strong enough to, to fix all of our problems, strong enough to, to resist temptation, strong enough to, to justify ourselves to, to God or, or to the world. A, a life of dependency on God that, that carries you into the new year is one that acknowledges that you are weaker than you think. And continues to, to, to wrestle and embrace that truth. In the same way that acknowledging our need for a Savior allows us to faithfully receive the, the gift of a Savior born to us in Bethlehem, the acknowledging of our weakness allows us to faithfully receive this truth and promise that though we are weaker than we realize and think, we have a God who promises to be our strength, who promises and has shown and proved himself to be our strength. To embrace this truth, 
God is and will be all the strength that you need. And this truth will carry you through near because it's strong enough to sustain in no matter what happens in the year ahead. Perhaps in the year ahead, it, it's actually a year in which your goals and expectations are met. It might be a year of, of, of what feels like favor and blessing. And embracing this truth is important to guard us against any feeling or thoughts of, um, of pride of arrogance, that look at all that I, this feeling of look at all that I have accomplished on my own, but this truth reminds us to where our true strength comes from, to where we can give our praise and our thanksgiving to, and to remind us that no amount of success that we have, no matter how much we feel like we are crushing it in this next year, that no amount of that success will lessen your need for God. God doesn't need to take a break because you're crushing it. No, the the truth that we need to embrace is that we are just as much in need of his strength and his salvation for his mercy, his grace, and his strength. But this truth is also strong enough to help us deal with and to sustain us through a year of uh, where we face just the reality of this life, a, a life of unmet expectations, disappointments, and sufferings, and not just our, our goals and our, our resolutions that we give up by March. No, the, the deeper disappointments and, and unmet expectations and sufferings that we face in this life and, and that many of us, if not all of us, will face at some point in this next year. Do we have a truth to hold on to that's strong enough to sustain us in that? The prophet Habakkuk seems to say yes, and he gives us this beautiful testimony at the end of his book. I'm going to read it again. There's a short part of it. Verse 17, even if the fig tree does not bloom and the vines have no grapes, even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food, even if the sheep pen is empty and the stalls have no cattle, even then, even then, I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. The Lord Almighty is my strength. My friends, this, this is this really this is the best news that we could hear. For it's when life hits you hard, when it hits any of us hard, when, when all of our plans and our goals yield only failure and disappointment, no fruit comes of them. When the brokenness of this life increases our awareness of our weakness and our fragility, because that's what the brokenness of this life does, increases our awareness of our weakness and our fragility. For as when this happens, that we are in the best position to receive the God who came down to us in the midst of our weakness. The God who descended into our brokenness and suffering. This is why we don't lose sight of, of, the, of the Christ child at Christmas. Because we remember and remind ourselves that he comes down and enters into a world of brokenness and suffering, descends into it, into a world of weakness, but he does so to lift us up, to carry us, to give us his strength, to to rescue us by his strength, to carry us through the difficulties of this life. So he is the God who will strengthen you. He fills you with himself. He, he continuously gives himself, 
not just in a manger as a child, but He gives you His Word. He gives you His promises. He gives His very body and blood for you, something we receive uh, on a regular basis here in worship. And He does this. He gives this for you. By His strength, He will guard you from the forces of evil. And by His strength, He will give you His grace to carry you in the midst of your weakness. So 2023, it's, it's, it's at an end. 2024, it, it's, on, it's upon us. And I, and I pray and, and, and ask for God's blessings to you and to your family in this next year. That God would bless your, uh, the goals that you have for this next year. Again, whether it's for you or, or among friends or your family. God's blessings to that. But know and, and hold and be reminded of this truth, this, this resolution that God has for you, that even though your resolutions, your goals, your expectations may fail, God's resolution to love you and to strengthen you is steadfast and unfailing. Praise God that He does not give up on His resolutions for us, but He continues to sustain us by His strength through them. In Jesus' name, amen.